0: Welcome to the Powers on Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Powers, down here in Tampa, Florida. And I want to wish everybody a happy Fourth of July weekend coming up next week. I know lots of people are going to be out and about vacationing, barbecuing, family fun, all that kind of good stuff. Be careful if you're firing off fireworks okay there's no need to be uh reckless with the fireworks and have any kind of issues especially around the kids so if you're if you're one of those people that are gonna be firing off fireworks make sure you're taking all the precautions necessary we do not need any unnecessary accidents you know injuries maimings those kind of things there's been ample history of accidents you have jason pierre paul a couple years ago who had the accident and he lost a couple of his fingers you hear of accidents every year with kids and, and young adults that are either severely injured or killed because of accidents due to fireworks, mishaps. So if you're one of those, please be careful. Make sure people are are out of, the, out of harm's way when you're firing them off. Also, be careful driving. No need to be drinking and driving and, or on the water, drinking and driving on the water. The police will be out in full force. Take it very take it very seriously. Uh, Uber, Lyft, call a friend, get your you know get your your spouse or your loved one to drive you if you've had anything to drink. Uh, because again, no need to have unnecessary uh, incidents on the road, accidents, deaths. And there'll be people, unfortunately, there'll be there'll be some casualties over the weekend, over the Fourth of July weekend, because of 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 alcohol. And so please uh, take this very seriously. Take it. Take take for, don't take it for granted, uh, but the cops will be out, so be very careful as well as on the water. So make sure you have your life your life uh, your life vests and all that in your boat, and all your permitting and all that up to date, because they're going to be out and about. So, all right, it has been blazing hot down here in Tampa, Florida. So just again, be careful with the heat. Uh, all, a lot of us around the country, a lot of heat waves. A big heat wave going on. Uh, so be careful with the heat these next few days it's been excruciatingly hot down here well over 100 degrees uh feel like weather weather down here the last uh several days so again be careful so uh, so i look forward to having a couple days off next week we're gonna have a little bit of fun uh with again with the family enjoy some hot dogs a good cookout something like that and uh have a good time but be be, be careful and be be wary of others all right, tonight we are going to talk several topics. We're going to talk NBA draft recap. We're going to talk NBA free agency. Uh, you know, where's KD going? Kawhi, Zion Williamson in New Orleans. Is Kyrie? Where's Kyrie? Who wants Kyrie's? Uh, all that kind of good stuff. I'm going to give you some predictions where I think they're going to go. We're going to talk some women's World Cup. We are getting down to the nitty gritty. We are out of the. Uh, pool play stage, and we are down to the quarterfinals, the final eight teams, and the USA has a monster matchup on Friday versus the home country France in Petty. So it's going to be a showdown kind of game. So it's going to we'll talk a little world, women's World Cup. We're going to talk a little some baseball topics. We're talking we're going to talk about the idea that's being proposed that the Rays might split their Potentially could split their season between Tampa and Montreal. Is that a viable option? What are some of the pitfalls? Um, I'll have some opinions about that and some talk on that. And finally, we're uh, we're also going to talk. Little, finally, we're going to talk a little NFL training camp is about a month away. There's a couple little topics to talk about. Aaron Rodgers and his coach are having some. Seems like they're having some uh, issues with play calling and audible, the ability to audible. We're going to talk Tyreek Hill. We're going to talk Dak Prescott. Do you give him an extension? How much? How long? All that kind of good stuff. So a fun uh, fun episode. If you have any comments that you'd like to, to interject and send to us, Twitter feed is at kickthefb, at kickthefb is our Twitter feed. Love to hear from you. Send us a comment. You can also email me, sportspowers at yahoo.com. So, a couple ways to get a hold of us. If you want to drop us a comment, love to hear from you. Uh, if you have a topic you would like us to talk about. So, uh, let's get to it. NBA draft. Zion Williamson, as expected, went number one overall to the New Orleans Pelicans. It's always hard to say that. I always want to say New Orleans Hornets or the New Orleans Jazz for some reason. But Zion is in New Orleans. John Morant, number two to Memphis. R.J. Barrett, three to the Knicks. So Zion, I think it's going to be a good, I think it's, uh, the Zion pick was the culmination of the Pelicans finalizing the, the trade agreement with the Lakers for one Anthony Davis. I think both teams made out well on the trade. I think the Lakers were in a position they had to make the trade. You know, the Lake. you know, Anthony Davis made it very clear throughout the whole last three or four months that he only wanted to really play for L.A., Um, Rich Paul kind of negotiated this deal behind the scenes. He told everybody he wasn't going to Boston. He wasn't re-signing. He only wanted to to kind of re-sign in L.A., so they finally made the deal happen. Uh, I think it's a good trade for the Lakers. They get A.D. to pair up with LeBron. They were able to still keep Kyle Kuzma. They did unload uh, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, a couple first-round draft picks. You know, speaking of Lonzo Ball, did you see his dad on uh, First Take? What an absolute disgrace! And and I blame First Take for putting him on the air. They had zero. I mean, he's nothing but a buffoon, and you put that guy on the air. He made he made a he made a kind of a sexist comment towards the host Molly Karam. Um, You know, but I, I blame ESPN for that. You know, they put the guy on the air. He had nothing. He he adds nothing to the conversation. All he does is talk about. Uh, just buffooner. He's a buffoon. He he talks nothing but you know garbage for the seven or eight ten minutes they put him on the air, and it's and again, ESPN. I hate to say it, they kind of they kind of uh, Molly Caram didn't deserve to be at, said what was said to her, but ESPN put themselves in their own predicament by putting him on the air. So I don't think you'll ever see Lonzo baring mean, uh, Lavar ball in the air again. But again, Lonzo heading to New Orleans. I think he'll be a good fit down there. You have him, you have Ingram, you have Drew Holiday, you have uh, Zion Williamson. that's a pretty decent uh, starting four right there. Um, again, David Griffith did a great job with the trade. I think you'll see uh, the question is is how is how quickly will it take Zion to acclimate to the NBA game? He's got incredible athleticism, incredible sounds like he's a very hard worker, good guy. I think he'll be excellent for the New Orleans community. I think it's excellent that a, that that kind of star player is is, is in a small market venue. It's going to give that that market some life for the next four five, six years. Um, hopefully, he'll be a kind of guy that wants to stay there long term. Uh, the, again, the question with uh, with Zion is one is can he, can he do anything other than dunk and lay the ball in? You know, most of his baskets at Duke were layups, dunks, that kind of thing, and it's it's just not going to be that easy in the NBA. These guys are professionals; they're going to make you shoot a 15, 18-footer. Can Zion make a three-pointer? I don't. I mean, he didn't show much propensity to do it at Duke, Uh, so he's definitely got to develop a uh, mid-range game, a post-up type of game. He's going to be excellent on the defensive end. I think he's going to be a good rebounder, quality shot blocker. But the question, two two big questions with Zion when it comes to what position was he going to play? One and two, can he keep his weight manageable to where he doesn't you know get too heavy to where that affects his athleticism some? Uh, but I think he's going to be a I think he's going to be an excellent player for New Orleans. I don't think he'll be a star overnight. I think it'll take a little time. It'll also take some time to get used to the NBA life of playing eighty two games, traveling. All the media obligations that are going to be pressed upon them, but I think it's a good move for uh, New Orleans that they're going to they're going to have them. John Morant heading to Memphis at number two. I think again, a, you know, you had move you had to make if you're Memphis. Just before the draft, they were able to trade Mike Conley, a kind of their 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 last of the of the of the legends in, in Memphis. They traded him to Utah, so I think it was a good move by. Uh, Memphis be able to trade him, good move by Utah, get a, get a high-quality point guard, makes them a more viable playoff team as they move forward, a position they really needed to upgrade, and Conley's going to be able to do that for the next two or three years, I think. Uh, John Morant will have the keys to the to the kingdom down there in Memphis. They're in a full rebuild. Him and Jaron Jackson will be a good pair tandem to pair up. They're not going to be very good, but I th- again, hopefully uh, Morant turns into being a good player, pretty good player. You know, but he was a great player at Murray State. Number three, R.J. Barrett goes to the Knicks. Again, I think it was a move you had to make if you're in New York. There was some speculation that they might, might were considering and uh, Darius Garland potentially potentially trading the pick away. But they end up taking R.J. Barrett. I think he's going to be a, a good scorer. He's not a great shooter, but he's going to be a good scorer, a good kind of uh, impact player for the Knicks. Uh, the question with the Knicks is, is are they going to be able to pair RJ with some free agent signings, or are they going to have to go another year or two with the youth movement? Be bad again, acquire more draft picks, and hopefully at some point sign a free agent down the road. But that's going to be the million dollar question we're going to talk about here in a little bit as far as free agency and the Knicks go. But RJ Barrett, solid pick at number three. You can't complain uh, again. I think I think he'll be a good player for them. But again, he, the, the Knicks will be if they don't get a free agent, the Knicks will be bad again, and they'll be back in the lottery. So not a whole lot else to talk about in the you know in the nba draft i mean a lot of guys that we've never you know college guys we're familiar with but a lot of guys we've never heard of get drafted late in the first round a lot of european guys same with second round picks a lot of guys we've not really heard a whole lot about or guys that are just going to be role players but but again the golden state warriors proved that through the draft you can build a team remember they drafted clay thompson draymond green in the second round steph curry at number seven You know, they didn't have a number one overall pick, so their three big guns were guys they drafted and developed, so it can be done. Quality scouting is important, but it can be done, so, but again, most teams are going to become championship-level teams through free agency. This is where trades and free agency is where most teams uh, are going to go from being good to great or from being uh, great to being world champions, so. Free agency starts Sunday, 6 p.m., kind of a new time. It used to be midnight, but now they've backed it up to 6 p.m. So you're going to get a world of Stephen A. Smith, Rachel Nichols, Brian Windhorst, the Woj with his Woj bombs these next several days with all the speculation of who's going where and all that. The five big names to be looking out, obviously, is KD, Kawhi, Kyrie, Kyrie Irving, Clay Thompson. Uh, Jimmy Butler, those are probably the five big names that we that, that are, will determine how the dominoes fall. Teams, the Clippers, Toronto, the Knicks, the Nets, and Golden State are kind of the five teams. Maybe Philadelphia, if you throw them in with a Jimmy Butler situation. So, um, those are the t- There will be a mystery team that comes into the mix. And makes a big move, I would, I would, wouldn't, wouldn't shock me um, either. Whether it's a trade or whether it's a free agent signing, a team to kind of be on the lookout for potentially somebody like the Dallas Mavericks. You know, Mark Cuban is desperately looking to get back into the mix. They they've made all indications that uh, Porzingis is going to resign. You got Luka Doncic, so if you could get one more big player, maybe a Miami Heat might be a sleeper team uh, to be on the lookout for. Maybe the you know, Chicago Bulls, kind of a, a, a sleeper team that's got a lot of salary cap mo- room. So there will be a sleeper team that comes in the mix and probably gets one of these guys that maybe we're not thinking about. So be just be, be aware. You know, with KD. Unfortunate, terrible injury with the tor- torn Achilles in Game uh, Five of the of the Finals. You know the the question is, should he have played? Should he have not played? I think he earned a lot of respect from one of his teammates, the fan base in Golden State, as well as the fan base of the NBA by coming back and playing. I know the injury is a terrible injury, and it's uh, so unfortunate that that it happened. He was playing great. He was he was shooting the ball great. You know he's, he, he you know he was. He had, I think, 11 or 12 points in the first quarter, so he was, you know, just an unfortunate injury. You know, who knows, did the calf injury lead to the Achilles? Was it was, was, was the injury initially an Achilles injury all along? You know, the Golden State medical staff is, is taking a lot of heat this week over that, as well as Andre Iguodala has been injured in the last couple of years, and he came out with some strong comments. Maybe that his injury last year in the finals was claimed to be a bone bruise, but he, Andre's telling everybody it was a fracture of his leg. So how much does KD trust this, the Warriors front office and their medical staff? That's going to be a big question. One, do the Warriors want Kevin Durant back? He's most likely not going to play next year. I think they're going to offer him, I mean, they're the only team that can offer him a five-year Supermax contract where everybody else can only offer him four years, so I think that's going to come into play a little bit uh, for Durant. I think if you're uh, Kevin Durant, uh, again, have you talked to Kyrie Irving? Have you, have you Are you going to pair up with somebody like that somewhere, whether it's New York, New Jersey, that type of thing? That's the question he has to answer. Um... My personal prediction: I think he's going to end up in New York with the Knicks. The Knicks are just starving for a marquee free agent player. They know he's not going to play next year, and they'll be okay with that. I think he's going to end up in Madison Square Garden. I just have a hard time believing he's going to, if he does leave Golden State, that he's going to pick the Nets over the Knicks. I think just uh, you know, media wise, marketing his 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 marketing is going to be off the charts if he's in New York. If he revitalizes the Garden, he's going to be a hero of all time in the New York uh, in the New York lore, and I think playing in Madison Square Garden is also going to be of a, of appeal to him too. So I think Kevin Durant's going to end up in with the New York Knicks, and I, I think Kyrie once Kevin Durant decides what he's going to do, I think I think Kyrie's going to end up with the Knicks as well. I think you're going to have a pairing of Kyrie and Kevin Durant. I <clears throat> I think that with along with R.J. Barrett. Uh, they won't be a contender next year because Durant will be out, but I think in two thousand and twenty one, they'll be an instant contender if he goes to New York with with Kyrie. Uh, you have uh, Mitchell Robinson in the middle, a young player. You got Kevin Knox. You got RJ Barrett. So you got you got a, a couple of pieces that another year of development could lead to some great things. Um, again, next 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 guy who's going to be a, the, the biggest, maybe the biggest domino is Kyrie. I mean, is Kawhi Leonard. Congratulations to the Raptors! A tremendous job winning the championship, even though they they did beat a very depleted Warriors team. You know, I think they I think it would have gone seven games if Clay Thompson doesn't hurt his knee in Game Six. A valiant effort by the Warriors to to take it deep into Game Six with all the injuries, with all the you know Durant. He had uh, Boogie Cousins was struggling. He had Iguodala was hurt. He had Clay Thompson gets hurt. I mean, just for for the Warriors to even get to a sixth game was incredible. Give them full credit. Um, but uh, what Kawhi Leonard does? Does he stay in Toronto? I mean, it's gonna be for boy. If you leave the world, if you delivered them a world championship and you leave, that is just I, he won't get crushed for it. But it'll just be something that'll be a little stain on his on his legacy. I think. Or does he go to Los Angeles, join the Clippers? Does he potentially take a meeting with Philadelphia or New York, the Knicks? I think you're gonna. I think it's gonna be a few days before Kawhi decides what he's gonna do. Um, or do you stay in Toronto? You can sign a. You could sign a long-term deal in Toronto, or you could sign a, a short-term kind of a one in, you know one plus an option con- type of contract, where if you stayed in Toronto two more years. You gave the franchise two more years, and then if you decide to go to Southern California back home, nobody would say a word about it. Uh, you're still going to be in the prime of your career in two years, so it's not like you're, you're on the back end of your career. I personally think he's going to stay in Toronto and sign a, a two-year contract. I think he's going to give Toronto two more years. Most of their all their guys are back. All their big players, Mark Gasol, just just uh, optioned back in for another year in Toronto. You got Pascal Siakam, you got Kyle Lowry, you got the benches back. So I think in the East is obviously going to be a little bit easier to navigate than than it will be in the West with LeBron and Anthony Davis and Golden State and Houston and all the teams out west. So I think Kawhi is going to stay in. Toronto with a two year deal. You heard it here first. Clay Thompson, I think he's going to, I think it's pretty much a, I won't say a certainty, but probably 95% that he's going to stay in Golden State. Um, he's just, he's a perfect Golden State kind of guy. Uh, him and Steph Curry will play their entire career there. They're moving into a new building. Uh, you know, he obviously has a knee injury. He's recovering an ACL tear. So he's going to be recovering from that. Many people think he'll be back by March probably the playoffs of next year, mid mid to late probably mid mid to late March, but they're not going to do anything stupid with him next year. If he's able to play, he'll play. But if he's not, they will be very, 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 very cautious with him due to the fact of what happened to Durant this year. Due to the fact that they're taking some negative pub if he stays in Golden State. So I think Clay Thompson's ninety five percent going to stay in Golden State. The other wild card in the whole free agency deal is Jimmy Butler. Is he going to re-sign in Philadelphia? There's been tons of interest out of Houston that they want to have a sign and trade with Philadelphia where he would sign a a max deal in Philadelphia, and Philadelphia would then trade him to Houston for Eric Gordon, some combination of Eric Gordon, Capella, and P.J. Tucker. I think that would be a pretty decent move if you're Philadelphia because if you can get P.J. Tucker and Eric Gordon – uh, for for Jimmy Butler, I'm not the biggest fan of Jimmy Butler. I mean, he's a good player, but I, he's not to me. He's not a, a game changer. I think if you put Eric Gordon and P.J. Tucker along with Ben Simmons and Embiid, you've got some toughness along with some veteran experience to go along with Embiid and uh, Ben Simmons. I think that'd be a pretty good ball team to deal with in the East with those guys. So if I was Philadelphia, that would be what I would do. I would sign if Jimmy Butler agrees to do that. I would sign him and then trade him to Houston. But Jimmy Butler might go to Houston without all by himself, or he might go to, there's speculation he might go to, you know, out west somewhere. So L.A. potentially with the Lakers to be the third wheel. I don't think he'd be a very good third wheel with Anthony Davis and LeBron. Speaking of the Lakers, if you're the Lakers, you have very limited cap space. You could potentially sign a third guy, but would you want to burn up all of your cap space with the third guy as opposed to signing three or four depth players, shooters, defensive kind of guys? That's what I would do if I was the Lakers. I would sign three or four guys that you can get uh, mid level type of guys, J.J. Reddick, you know, Darren Collison, uh, you know. Danny Green kind of guy, maybe a center, a JaVale McGee kind of guy, maybe maybe Boogie Cousins is your third guy that you can get for, you know, 10 or 12 million bucks, but I would not put all the marbles with three guys and then just hope to God you can fill out the roster with rookies because invariably, invariably you only need two big guys in my opinion. Think about it, at the end of the games, one of two guys is going to be shooting the ball at the end of games, If uh, you know. It's either going to be AD or LeBron. If you have a third guy, you're not going to get a whole lot of game-ending kind of pressure situation moments for that third guy, whether it's Jimmy Butler, whether it's Kyrie, whether it's D'Angelo Russell. Those guys are not going to be happy being the third wheel. Just remember what happened to Chris Bosh in Miami. He was not as much of an ego, uh, ego player as some of these other guys, but he his, his role was marginalized greatly those first three or four years in Miami. You know, he played behind Wade, and, and LeBron took all the big shots at the end of games. Bosch turned into a, a solid rebounder. He scored his 15 to 17 points a game, great. But he was never going to be the number. He was not going to be a 1A, 1B, or 1C in that in, on that uh, process. So if I'm the Lakers, I you got your big two for the next three years with LeBron. Anthony Davis will resign. There's no. There is no way that I'm going to go sign and burn up all my cap money on a, on a third wheel. Uh, I'm going to go sign three or four guys that I can fill in the roster with because you still got Kuzma who will be a – to me, Kuzma would be a perfect third guy. He's going to get plenty. He's going to get shot opportunity. He's going to score you know eight, 15 to 18 points a game. He'll be the third guy. Uh, to me, that's the way I would go. Let's look on the other side of LA. The Clippers. This is a huge off season for one Doc Rivers and Jerry West and company out there. They are putting all their marbles that they can that they can persuade uh, Kawhi Leonard to come out, come home, baby. They've already got the billboards out. They've got the marketing campaign out. And if he joins the Clippers. They would be an instant contender. They were already. They've already put together a pretty decent roster. They've got some good parts, young, old, veteran parts. They got a great coach in Rivers. Um, they took the Warriors to six games this year when the Warriors were fully healthy. So they've got some players in place. They've got some young players. Uh, Ballmer's not afraid to spend the money. So. The Clippers will become instant contenders, and and and, and they're going to be trying. It'll be a hell of a battle with LA if they were to able to get Kawhi. When you have AD and LeBron sharing the Staples Center, that, that would be a heck of a rivalry. In the West, the balance of power would, would definitely shift to the to, to LA uh, back from from Toronto and from Houston and Golden State if they if they were able to land Kawhi uh, to pair up w- uh, with the Lakers and the Clippers, both being viable threats. So. Um, Again, I think Kawhi's going to stay in Toronto for two years, so I think the Clippers are going to be left out. But I think the Clippers will make a move. They'll get some guys. Uh, And, again, I think you're going to see it's going to be a very wild and willy uh, few days of free agency. Uh, The action starts Sunday, 6 p.m. Again, you'll see wall-to-wall ESPN coverage, NBA uh, TV coverage. Uh, So if you're an NBA fan, you're a free agency kind of uh, a buff, this is your weekend. Get the popcorn ready about twelve o'clock, about five o'clock on Sunday. You'll be able to spend all day Sunday and Monday and Tuesday following Twitter and Woge and Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless and all those guys. So it'll be a very entertaining uh few days of NBA before they head into their summer. Congratulations to Giannis for winning the M V P. Um you know, I think that was a to me that was a a, a lot of people thought James Harden was gonna win, but um, but congratulations to Giannis for winning the MVP. And obviously congratulations to the Toronto Raptors for their first ever title and the first ever title for Canada. All right, topic two, we're going to talk Women's World Cup. Normally we wouldn't talk Women's World Cup, but we're, we're, again, we're down to the nitty gritty. We are to the quarterfinals. USA is still in it. Early controversy in the Women's World Cup over in France was the whole two controversies that the U.S. team won. They won 13 to nothing, which I don't think that, not that they scored 13 goals wasn't the issue. It's how they handled the celebrations and all that stuff when they did score 13 goals. A lot of celebrating after the 10th, 11th, 12th goal against Thailand. They took a lot of heat uh, around the world for that. Um, unnecessary. Totally didn't need to do that. Um you know, it made them look bad. It made Jill Ellis look bad. But they advanced out of the pool play to face Spain in the round of 16. A very entertaining game with Spain. They end up winning two to one on two penalty kicks. The second penalty kick, uh, the the USA was awarded in like the 75th minute, was a little loose in my opinion. I watched, you know, I watched it. It was not a no doubt about it, kind of foul by any means. Uh they did go to video review and it confirmed the call, but I, I I was not a fan of the call, even though it went the USA's way. Um I think it was a pretty uh pretty weak penalty kick to be honest with you. Megan Rapino did put the ball away. She scored both goals in the penalty kicks and the USA advanced two one over Spain to now a heavyweight showdown, a much-anticipated showdown with the host nation, France, Friday afternoon in Paris, which is going to be Friday night in Paris, which is going to be an electric atmosphere. Even though it's women's soccer, it's it's USA France, two of the top four or five teams in the world facing off in the in the quarterfinals. Many people think the winner of this match will win the World Cup, so... The USA definitely needs to play a little bit better. Their star players need to play a little bit better. I guess one of the 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 weakness of the USA is twofold, probably the, the in goal. They have an inexperienced goalie that really hasn't had a bunch of big moments. So she's she's looked a little shaky in a couple of the moments she has had. And obviously you had you had a disaster in the back in the in the Spain game. Spain game, which allowed Spain to score, so you have to be tight in the back. You have a little bit of nervousness in the back with a couple of the players back there, but uh, they have a great front line. The USA does with Rapinoe, with uh, Alex Morgan, and with Tobin Heath. So it's a great matchup. I'm gonna I'm gonna predict a USA two one victory in paris against all odds against the home team france is a super strong team they've beaten the usa the last several times they've played so the usa is a clear underdog going into this match again on 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 france's home turf in paris again it'll be an electric atmosphere friday night i believe the coverage will be three o'clock eastern time in the u.s on fox so again if you're looking for a good event some little nationalism as we head into the fourth of july holiday check it out quarterfinals i believe the semifinals are probably monday or tuesday of next week and then the finals will be the following saturday after the fourth of july will be the finals of the women's world cup but most of the heavyweight teams are still in it germany's in it uh usa france you have italy you have some other teams so again we're getting to the to the nitty-gritty of the women's world cup and again we'll see what the what the women are made of in a tough they'll be in a tough spot. Um, Carly Lloyd, get her in the game. She is a star player at the end of her career. Get her in the game. She needs to be on the field for at least 30 minutes of that game. Um, she's an impact player. She's a leader. She's a you know she's just one of those players that you want to have in the game when the money's on the line in in these kind of knockout situations. So Joe Ellis, get her in the game sooner rather than later for the USA all right topic three we're talking major league baseball a couple interesting topics we're going to talk about we're almost at the midway point of the season we're right about the 80 game mark 75 80 games all-star games coming up here soon in Cleveland I think it's July the 9th I believe that Tuesday night but the topics of the day in baseball, an interesting idea is being floated around by the Tampa Bay Rays and the Major League Ownership owners, the possibility of potentially splitting the Rays' home games between Tampa and Montreal. I'll give you a little background in case you don't know. Tampa Bay has really struggled with attendance in the last 10, 12 years. Uh, you know, they've, the, the ownership down here, led by Stu Sternberg, they're playing in an awful, they play in a very poor stadium, the uh, the Trop, Tropicana Field, indoor facility, very outdated, just not a very good, not a very good atmosphere for baseball, other than it being a dome stadium for the weather issues and the temperature, everything else about the facility is pretty poor, it's a very old, outdated stadium, the... Rays ownership has been trying to get a new stadium uh, deal put together in Tampa for many, for several years now, and they just continue to get re- turned down as far as getting any public funding for a new stadium. Uh, there was a proposed site in the Ybor City part of Tampa that was thought to be a viable option, but the but the but again, they've not been able to come to any kind of agreement as far as funding goes. The taxpayers in the Tampa Bay, uh, in the city of Tampa, just are not willing and not going to pay any kind of sales tax to pay for the stadium, and St. Pete doesn't really have any viable uh, options either, and one of the big issues about the attendance issue that many people think that have affected the Rays is that the, the team does play in St. Petersburg, which is not the population center that Tampa is, and so... Many people in Tampa just find it difficult to have to make a forty-minute drive to Saint Petersburg. Uh, you know, it's just a lot, lot of traffic, a lot of the out of the way kind of deal. So I think that's one of the issues. The other thing I think that's a part of this too is attendance around baseball has been down for the last couple of years. Anyway, no matter whether the team's been doing well, poorly, all around Major League Baseball attendance is down. A couple of things I think lead to that. Every game's on TV now, so if you're a, if you're a fan of whatever team you like. Um, it's so much easier to sit down at your house, watch three or four innings on TV, flip flop back and forth to other things, you know, do things with the kids, get them to their practices, still, you know, go swimming, eat dinner, all that good stuff and still catch the last three or four innings of a game. If you wanted to do that, also our younger generation, it is becoming more and more uh, less and less people wanting to watch TV as opposed to being on their phone, being on their computer, streaming, all that kind of stuff. The way we watch sports is, is way different than it used to be. People don't like to go to, you know, the, the younger generation does not like to go sit for three and a half hours at a baseball game. Baseball has been a predominantly fan favorite of the crowd over 50 and you know, it's just becoming an issue again with, with the way we consume sports these days. Less and less TV, more and more uh, on your phone, digitally, all that kind of good stuff. And the in-game experience at in a lot of these places is just not is just not what it is. And, and the action slow still in baseball, so I think that's part of the issue. But back to the Rays proposal again. They are talking about playing games in Tampa. April, May, part of June type situation and then transitioning to Montreal for the remainder of the home schedule uh, for the remainder of the season. And, you know, Montreal has been a uh, – it was a team obviously where the Nationals came, was, a, was a very viable team back in the 90s, had a, has a very storied history. Um, they've got all that kind of good stuff that going for them. They did lose the Expos to Washington. But part of this deal is continued on Montreal building a stadium as well as Tampa building a stadium. And I just don't think that, that the stadium is going to get built in Tampa to make this a viable option. I think Montreal is going to build a stadium. And I think ultimately what's going to happen is I think you're, the Tampa Bay Rays are going to move um, full time. I don't think it's going to be any kind of partial uh, schedule type situation the logistics is going to be a is going to be very difficult to manage whether it's dealing with the players having to have two different locations to live in your your baseball operations staff having two different locations your game management staff all the things that go into running a baseball team to have them in two different locations is going to be very difficult Uh, you're going to have issues with the city governments and the leases you know the the st petersburg has a lease with the ray through 2027 and if something like this is going to happen it's not going to be in 2027 or 2028 this is going to be in the next three years i think this move is going to be made by the rays uh there's no way you're going to be just be you know you're not you're not going to make a decision like this and say okay we're going to do this in 10 years they're going to make a decision in the next two years in my opinion about whether the rays are going to stay in tampa full-time or not and the city of St. Petersburg is going to be going to be written a check to, 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 to fulfill their lease obligations to get out of the lease. In um, Major League Baseball, in my opinion, will pay that pay that whatever that fee is to do that. So. But it's a it's an interesting idea to think about. Again, I don't know how. I mean, again, it's a you know, if you hear people talking about it, they think it's a op idea to, to explore. But again, when it comes to the logistics and the in the. Nitty-gritty of agreeing to do it. I don't think they're going to ultimately do that. I think the I think the Rays will move uh, permanently to either Montreal, potentially Las Vegas, maybe uh, Portland, Oregon, something like that. If Montreal is not able to get a stadium built, but I think the Rays, unfortunately, are not going to be in this market many more, but but a couple more years. Um, and it's a shame because. Tampa has has got a storied history on the high school baseball market as well as the college uh, baseball. Uh, Many, 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 many Hall of Fame type players have come out of the Tampa Bay area from a baseball perspective. But for some reason, the attendance has just been an ongoing issue even when the team has been very good. They've been to the World Series before. They were very good last year, won over 90 games. They're very good this year. And it just might be something where there's just not enough true Tampa Bay Rays fans to support the team. You have so many people that have migrated down from the northeast, from the midwest that are fans of other teams, Yankees, Red Sox, Cubs, you know, Milwaukee Brewers, those kind of teams, White Sox, teams from the Philadelphia Phillies. So many people that have moved to the down here from the north from the northeast, from the midwest. Um uh, are just not die-hard Rays fans, and and, and you can't blame them. You, you 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 grow up with the team you grew up with. Not saying you can't go to some Rays games every you know a couple Rays games a year, but I'm guilty of it too. I mean, I, I'm baseball is not my number one sport, but if if the if the stadium was a little closer, I probably would go more, and that's not an excuse. It's just the fact. But when it's a 35-40 minute drive to the to, to a stadium, um. It's just not the most, you know. It's not something you just are dying to do on a Tuesday night when you got some free time to have to get in the car and drive another forty minutes one way to a stadium. So um, that's you know that's what I really think is going to happen. Sternberg, I think he's given it every opportunity in the world for the given the Tampa community and the Tampa Bay market every opportunity in the world to come to an agreement on something. I think he's willing to foot some of the bill for the stadium. He's not going to pay for the entire stadium. I don't think that's going to happen. So wait and see on how this proposal goes. But I, I think ultimately the Rays are going to be moving away from Tampa here in the next two to three four years, and that's going to be a shame for the Tampa Bay market. So, okay, another big issue, pressing issue in baseball. This is again this this is directed right at Rob Manford, the commissioner. How? Are we not, you not, mandating to every owner, even though you work for the owners, how are you not mandating to every franchise, you will put up protective netting down the lines of your stadiums? It is an absolute embarrassment that we've had to endure two more situations where two more people have been seriously injured, including a young child just a few days ago, due to the fact that line drives are getting blasted into the crowd, and it's not the player's fault, in hitting in hitting fans. Not pop-ups. We're talking rocket line drives over the third-base dugouts, down the lines, all that, and there's no protective netting. How the commissioner is not mandating and saying, you have 60 days to get this done, blows my mind. And how are these franchises not going to say, you know what? Whether the commissioner mandates it or not, we're going to do it and we'll have it done in 30 days. I don't understand it. Um, you know, it, Albert Amaro for the Cubs hit, a, hit, a, hit an adult about a month ago on a, just a rocket line drive. Uh, a, two, a, a young youngster like I think a two or three year old kid got blasted in the head uh, a couple days ago had a seizure had bleeding had you know who knows what kind of damage that's going to do to that child long term who knows and it's just it's 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 an embarrassment that, that again Rob Manford has allowed this to, to to fester and become an issue make the declaration Say, if you don't have it done in, six, in, in 30 to 60 days, you're going to get fined a, a, a million dollars a week. I guarantee you those nettings will be up. They're not going to fire Rob Manford for that. It's the right thing to do. The public will be behind it. The franchises will get in line. The the, the netting is not going to affect anybody's viewing of the game very much. They got. I guarantee you these technologies of these nets are such where it's almost... You can almost barely notice it, that they're there. They're at hockey games. They surround hockey arenas all over the place, and it's an easy thing to do. Many minor league parks have it. Hell, you have netting behind home plate. Why do we have netting behind home plate? The best seats in the house, most expensive seats, have a blocked view with netting. Why Do it down all the lines of every place. Uh, sounds like a couple stadiums. Dodger Stadium in Anaheim is, is going to get on board, but it needs to be a, a mandate from the commissioner. No questions asked. Get it done. Quick note about David Ortiz. want to give a shout out for his recovery. He was apparently involved in an assassination attempt down in the Dominican Republic. Allegedly, it was a mistaken identity, which I have a hard time believing that. Uh, hopefully nothing bad, any kind of bad story comes out about what happened and why this is going on. But David Ortiz with some, with some pretty serious injuries was flown to Boston. It looks like he's going to recover. My question is, if you're trying to do that and you shoot him from point blank range, how do you not, if you're trying to kill him, how do you not kill him? So might be shame on the shooter. If you're really in the professional, uh, killing business. For all of eight thousand dollars, by the way, that's what he was paid to do this. I mean, you you, you walk up to the guy at a night, at, a, at an outdoor cafe and you shoot him at point blank range and you can't kill him. I mean, I don't, he's not a very good uh, not a very good uh, mercenary or hitman. So, but hopefully, not nothing bad else comes out of that story out of the Dominican uh, as far as Ortiz being involved in anything, uh, you know, shenanigans wise as far as you know. Anything that's that would cause something like that to be an, an issue. But speedy recovery to David Ortiz. All right. Last topic of the night. We're going to talk a little NFL. Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur. There's already rumblings coming out of Green Bay. They are having some some uh, philosophical differences on play calling and audibling and all that stuff. Very interesting to see how this plays out because you have a young coach first year, and you got a Hall of Fame quarterback. You know, if 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 it's already things are already leaking out of Green Bay, we're only, we're not even in. We're we're just getting through uh, OTAs and minicamp. Lord has how Lord Lord. Lord knows what could happen during training camp or week two, week three, week four if something bad happens in a game situation. I think if you're those two, you've got to come together. and Obviously, if you're the coach, you have to give Rodgers some leeway. But if you're Rodgers, you have to take some coaching. You have to be willing to understand he's the coach. It can't be as freewheeling as you've maybe had it in the past with McCarthy. You know. You got to give this coach a chance to establish his culture here with the organization, establish his leadership with the team. Because if you just go off the rails, then the other 52 guys are going to think they can go off the rails and it's going to be a disaster. And Lafleur will be out of there, especially if they're not winning. So keep an eye on, on, on that that uh, that circumstances as, as we get into training camp and you'll hear some more rumblings on that. Number two, Carson Wentz, big set, big contract extension, four-year extension. Good job by Philadelphia getting him locked up. He's clearly the franchise guy now with Nick Foles in Jacksonville. They paid him. They paid Carson Wentz, uh, you know, thirty-plus million bucks. Uh, got on the front end of it, took care of it, kind of off the radar, and it was done. So sounds like Wentz probably gave them a, a tad bit of a discount of what he could have, what he could have, uh, what what he could have potentially gotten a little more money had he had he hel- held out another year or so, but if you're Wentz, you've had injury issues, you've not been able to stay healthy, I think it's a smart move by Wentz to take the, take the contract now. Um, again, four more years, and you're still going to be in the prime of your career at 30, probably 30 years old, so you're going to get at least one more of these mega deals if you prove to be the player everybody thinks you are, so good job by him. Next question out of Dallas. Do you pay Dak Prescott what you gave Carson Wentz? How much is Dak Prescott worth? Is Dak Prescott the quarterback that we all want him to be if he doesn't have Zeke Elliott in a a high-quality offensive line? I don't think he is i think he's at best a 25 million dollar quarterback which again that's still huge money but he's not to me he's not 30 plus million dollars quarterback um, i would not give him 30 plus million dollars because what you're going to do it you're going to end up losing two to three other key players on your team if you do that and if you're dac you better be smart about this even if you only sign a two or three year extension sign a 3 year extension to make 25 and then if you blow up then you're going to make 35 to 40 when it's time 3 years down the road. So if you don't be greedy if you're Dak Prescott you're going to make a ton of money off the field in marketing being the quarterback of the Cowboys. You're going to be you're going to be a uh, legend if you win a Super Bowl in Dallas forever. So but I, if I'm Jerry Jones I do not pay D- Dak Prescott more than 26 27 million bucks. Uh, Because you still got to pay Zeke Elliott, you still got to pay Jalen Smith, you still got to pay Byron Jones. You got a lot of guys you got to pay. If you blow the bank out for Dak, you're going to be you'll lose at least two of those big players. So do not pay him more than he's not proven to be a elite thrower of the ball. He's a tremendous play action guy. If you got a great running game and a good offensive line. But he has not been the kind of guy you can say, okay, Dak, drop back 35 times and go win the game because we need 21 points in the second half. He's not been that kind of guy with his accuracy and with his um, decision-making. So, The other big topic, the last topic we're going to talk about, Tyreek Hill. He had his meeting with the NFL, is ongoing today and tomorrow. Will be very interesting to see what what if if he gets suspended by the NFL. He was charges were dropped in Kansas City by the uh, uh, DA concerning his child abuse incident. But there are some very suspect tapes that have that have made the rounds of him making comments concerning his little uh, his child's broken arm. What caused it? How did it happen? You know, I can promise you, a three year old didn't break his arm on his own. There was some help. And Tyreek Hill has a very uh, Checkered history as far as dealing with anger and women and and relationships. So I think Tyree Kill is going to get at least six games, six to eight games suspension from Goodell, and he, and he deserves it because he should have got suspended the first time when he came when he was coming out of college. Um, he was convi- he was accused, and and admitted to hitting his girlfriend, who's now his wife, who they have the child with. But he is a uh, questionable character off the field, tremendous player on the field, but. He deserves, he's, he, he's going to get eight, in my opinion, he's getting, he's getting eight games. Hell, if you give Tom Brady four games and Zeke Elliott four games, you better give this guy six to eight games minimum. Minimum. And get ready. Hard Knocks coming to Oakland. Johnny Gruden. Antonio Brown. Derek Carr and the boys. Hard Knocks. Get ready to see it August HBO, woo! And also get ready to see the hype machine of the Cleveland Browns going full effect, baby. Odell Baker, they're all talking smack. How they're how they're going to be great. Freddie Kitchens, Jarvis Landry, the defensive additions, uh, and all that. So get ready for all you Cleveland Brown lovers. Get ready for a nine and seven rarely do the teams that get all the hype in the offseason become the teams that get busy during the regular season last thing congratulations to vanderbilt won the college world series and the st louis blues for winning their first ever stanley cup in like 49 years they defeated the boston bruins in game seven in boston I have some family, a lot of family on my stepmom's side of her family, all all from St. Louis. So congratulations to them. And the Blues, rookie goalie, Jordan Bennington. Tremendous, tremendous, tremendous for St. Louis. And that is all we got for the Powers on Sports Podcast. Again, have a safe 4th of July weekend coming up. Be safe with the fireworks and the alcohol and all that good stuff. Have a good time, but not too much of a good time. And we will see you on the next episode of the Powers on Sports Podcast.